shall we begin? All right, all right. A new age has begun. An age of freedom. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? This is the chopper! This is going to be quite a ride. And welcome to the Movie Pit Podcast. I am your host, Christian. Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast this week. Uh, this is, of course, the podcast where we talk about all the big breaking movie news items that have come out throughout the week. We talk about those movie trailers, even though there wasn't that many this week. And we talk about, well, we used to talk about all the movies coming out in theaters, but obviously we live in a COVID world where that no longer is the case. Uh, so everybody, hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. I apologize for not doing a podcast last week. Uh, I was bad timing on my part. Uh, all the way around. So uh, last week was a little bit hectic uh, here in the uh, in the house. So I apologize for that. But everything's fine. N- nothing too serious. It's just uh, bad timing overall, and just having to do things on a certain schedule that we wanted. So uh, I apologize for not having a podcast last week. Uh, but when that happens, uh, I do have the. I am using the Twitter page more, especially at the end of the week when there is no podcast. So I'll update you on the podcast news. Over there, in case there is no podcast this week or that week, that particular week. So, uh, but yeah, this week we have a lot of news to get to. So I'm just gonna jump right into. I'm not gonna waste any more time. Let's just get right into it. Uh, we're gonna start with some quick trailer thoughts. Uh, there was a, a few trailers that dropped this week. Nothing too big, except one that actually looks really good. Uh, but the first one we're gonna talk about is a really a teaser, kind of an announcement almost trailer uh or announcement teaser if you will uh for the movie zola that is being done by a24 it premiered at the sundance film festival to significant buzz and largely positive reviews uh i know a friend of mine who saw it and uh who went to sundance or at least saw it somehow i don't know if he actually went i can't remember if he actually went to sundance or he saw it somewhere else but he saw it and he said he really liked it so there is that. Uh, the movie is based on a series of tweets made by a woman named, I'm going to mispronounce her name, I apologize, Azaya King, which begins like this, and it's actually said in the teaser, um, you want to you wanna hear how, st- well, let me start that over, y'all want to hear a story about why me and this bitch here fell out, it's kind of long but full of suspense. Uh, that was a tweet, I'm pretty sure you can find it somewhere, uh, if you want to go dive into that, I did not dive into that before I did the podcast so but uh made a movie about it so and it's got very largely positive reviews so there there is that uh the movie chronicles an insane 24 hour stretch of time with the uh character of zola played by newcomer taylor page or taylor page uh a detroit waitress who strikes up a friendship with a customer named stephanie played by riley kehoe uh who gets a who gets her who gets Zola to join a weekend full of dancing, partying, and, uh, well, other stuff, as it was described in a lot of the reports that I read. Uh, Nicholas Braun and Coleman Domingo co-star. Uh, the movie doesn't have a release date, but A24 seems like they want to release the movie in theaters if the ending of the teaser is any indication, because they did have a little fun with the whole COVID world that we live in, saying, coming out this, and then they kind of go back and said, next, and then they went back and said, coming soon. So, there is that. So, if you want to go check out the announcement teaser, I, I kind of feel like it's an announcement teaser. I don't feel like it's a trailer, but 
whatever. Uh, I'll link it down below. Of course, I'll link all the trailers down below, but uh, you can guys go check that out. Uh, the next trailer I want to talk about is actually a documentary, which is, seems really, really cool, especially if you're into this kind of thing. Uh, there's a documentary that follows stunt women and their struggles on and off screen and being treated equally. It takes the viewers behind the scenes and introduces a lot of female stunt performers who have done stunts for a lot of big blockbuster movies. The movie is actually called Stunt Women, The Untold Hollywood Story. It's based off a book. If you want to go read the book, go check that out. And it will feature Michelle Rodriguez, who who takes part in the documentary itself, uh, talking to a lot of these stunt women, one of her own stunt women, actually, who the stunt woman who does all of her driving for the Fast and the Furious movies, and she also narrates the movie as well. There's also uh, interviews with a lot of directors and film historians. Um, some of the ones they uh, pulled out uh, on the reports were like Ben Mankiewicz, uh, Paul Feig, pa uh, Paul Verhoeven, and um, a bunch of other people that are going to be appearing in there as well. Uh, so this looks really cool. Uh, I'm a huge uh, fan of stunt people. Uh, not that I'm a stunt person myself or even want to attempt it but um i hugely respect i very very respect uh stunt people as in a whole for their whole commitment to doing all these things they um they show in the trailer a stunt woman talking about uh getting hit by a car and they show you what she has and she has like these little like knee pads that's it. That's all she has to protect herself, which is uh, ama which is amazing and horrifying all at the same time. So, uh, Stunt Women will open on digital platforms in September, September twenty second, to be more precise. Uh, this looks fun. This looks like a lot of. This looks really cool. I didn't know they were doing this, so I'm really excited for this to, to watch it when it comes out. And the last trailer we're going to talk about, at least at the time of this recording, obviously if something else drops, I'll probably drop end up dropping it in the Twitter page. But the, the last trailer we're going to talk about is the Warner Brothers movie, uh, the Fred Hampton biopic, which is uh, called Judas and the Black Messiah. That stars Daniel Kaluuya, who plays Fred Hampton, the chairman of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party, uh, with Lake uh, Lakeith Stanfield playing uh, William O'Neill, who was a felon facing prison time, who is given a deal by the FBI uh, to go undercover into the Black Panther Party, infiltrate Hampton, and destroy the organization from the inside, and feed them information at the same time. Um, the movie co-stars Jesse Plemons. It looks like he's playing the FBI agent who is in charge of William O'Neill's uh, case. It's directed by Shaka King, who is making his studio feature film debut. He's done some indie work along the way. Uh, the movie doesn't have a solid release date, but Warner Brothers is promising an in-theaters release for the movie. And I can see why, because this trailer is really, really good. Uh, from the music to the way it's cut to introducing you to Kaluuya's Fred Hampton to um, Stanfield's William O'Neill to the shots they show. It, it is a very effective trailer. And anyone who knows the story of Fred Hampton uh, and some of the stuff they show in the trailer, it's you kind of know how his story ends. And you can probably assume how his story ends with this in this case if you don't know the story of Fred Hampton. But it is a very effective trailer. It's very good. I knew they were making this. I didn't, you know, there was rumors of uh, of it potentially coming out this year because they kind of already finished it or at least in, you know close to finishing it but uh, with covid going on who knows so th we may not be getting this maybe until next year especially if warner brothers wants to stick to the uh the definitely theater release of this uh but either way i think this looks really really good and very effective uh so i really dug this trailer so 
Judas and the Black Messiah. So all the trailers will be linked down below in the description slash show notes area. Uh, so that's all. That's everything. Uh, so let's move on to the movie news items of the week. We're going to start off with some quick fire movie news items. Again, for all you newcomers, quick fire is pretty much basically where I give the movie news items that pretty much speak for themselves. So quick fire, the first quick fire movie news item is that uh, the Janelle Monet led thriller Antebellum will be skipping theaters and will instead premiere on premium VOD on September 18th. The movie stars Monet as a successful author who finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality that forces her to confront the past, present, and future before it's too late. Jenna Malone, Jack Houston, Eric Lange, Kirstie Clemens, and Gabrielle Sibier. I mispronounced her last name, uh, co-star in the movie. Uh, the movie was originally set for April and then pushed back to August and got delayed again. And it was a bit of limbo. And now Lionsgate decided to drop the movie on PVOD. Speaking of movies going from theaters to a streaming service, or POD, the delayed Amy Adams-led thriller, The Woman in the Window, is currently looking for a new home, and it may be going to Netflix. The movie was originally set up at Fox, in their Fox 2000 division. But when Disney took over, they shut down Fox 2000 and the movie was stuck in a bit of a limbo. Still deciding to release the movie, they originally were going to release the movie on October of last year, but they bumped it up to, uh, or they bumped it, not bumped it up, but they bumped it to May 15th of this year, but obviously that didn't happen. Uh, and now um, it looks like they could be dropping the movie on Netflix. The movie is done, so it's just a matter of Netflix closing the deal and then deciding uh, when they want to release it. The movie is an adaptation of the A.J. Finn's novel, or the novel by A.J. Finn, read that wrong and it follows a gorephobic child psychologist named anna fox played by amy adams who lives alone her only real social interactions take place online and spying on her neighbors she eventually makes a friend in julianne moore's character who she sees get murdered maybe by her husband only for the husband to show his actual wife who was completely different woman and then of course mystery thriller ensues Gary Oldman, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, Brian T. Henry, Wyatt Russell, Tracy Letts, and Gary Oldman, or I always said Gary Oldman, uh, co-star uh, Joe Wright, who directed Atonement, Hannah, Anna Karenina, and Darkest Hour, directs the movie. Uh, Tracy Letts, again, who co-stars in the movie, actually wrote the script for the movie and admitted that the process wasn't really that great. Uh, they had to rewrite a good chunk of it, and uh, he didn't really seem that happy about it, so... That could be a good thing or a bad thing for the movie. Who who knows? But th th there you go. And the final little release, or not the final one, but at least the final small one. Uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music will get a new release. The movie was uh, going to come out on September 1st in a uh, select theater and uh, VOD run. The movie will now open a little earlier. It will open a week earlier. It will open on Friday, August 28th on VOD. So we're getting Bill and Ted face the music a little earlier. Moving on, uh, Naomi Scott is in talks to join the Amblin Partners sci-fi adventure movie called Distant. Uh, the movie also co-stars Anthony Ramos from Star is Born and probably more, more familiar with everyone from Hamilton or the Crown Royal commercials on tv uh, and it centers on an asteroid miner who crash lands on an alien planet running out of oxygen and hunted down by creatures he is forced to cross uh, the harsh terrain only to find the only other survivor a woman trapped in an escape pod uh, and it sounds like naomi scott will be that woman in the escape pod and naomi scott of course uh from power rangers and aladdin in case you needed a, a name 
a face to the name anyway. Uh, Spencer Cohen, who wrote the Netflix film Extraction, wrote the script for this, while Royal Speck and Josh Gordon, who directed uh, Blades of Glory, that was the Will Ferrell ice skating movie, uh, The Switch, and Office Christmas Party will direct the movie. Originally, uh, Rachel Brosnahan from The Marvelous Miss Maisel on uh, Prime Video was going to star, but she dropped out due to COVID-related scheduling conflicts. Uh, Sony Pictures and its TriStar banner have won the rights to the Whitney Houston biopic titled I Want to Dance with Somebody. It also has a writer in Anthony uh, McCartan, who was one of the writers behind the Queen biopic, Bohemian Rhapsody, and Stella Mc, uh, Maggie, I think that's how you pronounce her name, uh, who directed the Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield romance film The Photograph, will direct the movie. The movie does not uh, does have the backing of Houston's estates and will produce the movie as well, so that's a huge win and a huge plus for them. Basically, they pretty much get permission to use whatever songs they really want, uh, although it's unclear at the moment what the biopic will cover. Obviously, there's a lot of history there with Whitney Houston. The biopic does have a theoretical commitment, and Sony is eyeing a Thanksgiving 22 release, 2022 release, I should say. Uh, so that should be interesting to see how that turns out. Ryan Reynolds is set to star in the Universal Family comedy Everyday Parenting Tips. The movie will be directed by Paul King, who directed, of course, the two Pennington movies, and will be written by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, which is based, and it's based, uh, on a New York short story from writer Simon Rich. Uh, Reynolds will play a dad dealing with the everyday challenges of family and, and raising kids, uh, made all the more difficult by the ongoing, quote, great monster uprising. So there you go. Uh, Reynolds will also produce the movie through his maximum effort banner alongside Lord and Miller. Uh, uh, if you want to read the New Yorker piece, Everyday Parenting Tips, I will uh, link it down below in the description area. Uh, it was a very fun read. I did read it. It was a very fun read. I highly recommend you go read it. It's very, very fun. And the final quick fire movie news item that we have here for you guys is Bradley Cooper is in talks to star in Paul Thomas Anderson's next movie, an untitled coming-of-age drama set in the 70s in the San Fernando Valley, which is an area that Anderson knows very, very well. I think he actually grew up there, but he did set the first half of Boogie Nights there and then all of Magnolia and Drunk Punch Love. Uh, so he's very familiar with the area. I'm pretty sure he grew up there. Uh, the movie follows an a, a child actor attending high school in the Valley, uh, but it is unknown what Cooper's role will be. Uh, apparently names like Harrison Ford, George Clooney, and Michael Douglas were considered, although it's unclear if they were considered for the role of Cooper or if they were just considered uh, overall. Uh, but a, but they won't likely appear in the movie due to the movie uh, film, uh, moving studios. The movie was originally set up at Folks Features and then moved to MGM. I don't know why that would be an issue, but the report that I read made it seem like that was an issue. I, I don't know. Uh, Anderson wrote the script and production is being eyed to start in the fall should Los Angeles allow filming to resume in that area. Uh, Cooper at the moment is developing a Leonard Bernstein biopic for Netflix, which he will star in as well as produce with Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, and his friend Tom Phillips. Uh, so the that, that's a very interesting lineup of, of people there. Uh, plus, he is filming. Uh, plus, he is filming Guillermo del Toro's next film, Nightmare Alley, which had to shut down when again, COVID what broke out. But it looks like they're going to start filming again soon, from the sounds of it, or they already started filming. So yeah, there you go. Uh, very interesting news. Uh, that's all the quick fire movie news items. Let's move on to the big movie news items of the week. All right. So the first big movie news item of the week, in a surprising move, uh, Disney has folded. 
not folded in that way, but they will indeed put their live action adaptation of Mulan on their streaming service, Disney+. Plus. The movie will still come out in select theaters, but it will also hit the streaming service on September 4th. However, it will not be free with your Disney Plus membership. Uh, instead, they are offering the movie as part of their Disney Plus new, quote, premium tier. And it will cost $29.99 uh, as a one-time fee. Uh, this is just for the U.S. and Canada, while the international territories will get the movie in theaters because they know how to handle COVID better than the U.S., unfortunately. Uh, and before everyone goes, we'll release everything on Disney Plus. No. That, that's that's no that's that's not how that's not how it works uh disney ceo bob uh chapik said that the pvod release of mulan is a one-off uh and it was just the best way they can release the movie to make sure everyone sees it uh, mulan was originally set to come out on march 27th and was one of the big first one of the big first movies to move because of covid uh, of course the other one being a quiet place part two which moved to next year recently at the moment, Mulan's select theater run will go up against Tenet's select theater run. So you got options if you're so inclined to go to the movie theaters and catch the Rona. I mean, go go to the movie theaters and, and, and watch a movie. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's, that's exactly what I meant. Uh, so I, I knew when the, when the news broke out that Mulan was going to cost 30 bucks on top of the, you know, whatever plan you have for Disney+. Plus. Uh, everyone was really kind of up in arms. Some, well, some people were up in arms. A lot of people were like, you know, finally we get to watch the movie. Others were like, why are you charging us thirty dollars to watch a movie on a platform where we already place, where we already you know pay for it? And it, it's you know, it's, it's led to this kind of, you know, are you on this side or are you on this side kind of discussion? I'm on the part of you were gonna watch Mulan anyway. And you were going to pay more than $30 to go watch the movie in theaters. Uh, you know, you're going to, especially if you have kids, you know, you're going to take your kids to go watch it. It was definitely going to be more than $30 to watch it. So I'm kind of on that front of, you know, like, oh, they're, you know, yeah, you're going to have to pay more money to go, you know, watch this movie. Uh, you know, you're going to, you were, you were going to pay more money to watch this movie in theaters anyway. So the cost of, 30 more bucks on top of you know whatever plan you have for disney plus it, it's just you know it's 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 that's how much you would have paid to go watch it in theaters and i get that and i also get the arguments like okay we're already paying for this you want us to pay more to watch a movie that uh whether you were excited for it or not you can be like well i guess i can just wait until the blu-ray comes out and that's fine i get it my initial reaction was like you were gonna pay more to go watch the movie in theaters anyway um but you know i I understand where people are coming from, where people, why people are angry that, you know, they probably had, you know, they're going to not probably, they are going to pay more, you know, they're going to pay a fee on top of another fee to watch a movie that they probably wanted to watch on a big screen. Now they got to watch it at home. I get that part. On the other end, it's like, don't complain. It, it was going to, it was going to probably charge you, you, it's probably going to charge you the same amount of money, especially if you went with your kids to go watch the movie for the $30 at home, plus whatever you're paying for Disney plus. It probably would have cost around the same thing. You know, people like to complain. Uh, and some, and again, I, I can see both sides of the argument, but at the same time, it's like, well, why, why are you complaining? It's, it was, uh, come on, come on. Uh, so, but again, you know, it, it, this is kind of the new, the new way, the new market. You know, last week there was the new, there was the news that Universal and AMC had made up, you know, that Universal uh, now has a new, uh, 
uh, theater window with AMC theaters. You know, it's like 17 days or something like that um, for a movie to play in theaters. And then they have to wait, you know, like 17 days to where or they, they can wait 17 days and then they can start putting the movie on premium VOD. And, you know, that was the big point of contention between AMC and and Universal the- and Universal Pictures because uh, of the whole Trolls World Tour thing. You know, that became a big thing. And we talked, you know, we talked about it here on the podcast We made fun of it and everything else. And, you know, the future of AMC and Universal and how they're going to do it. Uh, but they made up, uh, and they have that new window now. Uh, it could potentially lead the charge for other studios to do the same thing. People have been talking about that, writing articles about that. And now we have this with Disney basically creating this new tier on their streaming service where you can pay an additional however much money they want to charge for a certain movie. You know, the, granted, Mulan is a big budget uh, movie that they were counting on to make a lot of money at the box office and it probably would have made a lot of money at the box office and now they got to count on people paying it for it at home so we'll see what happens we'll see what follows suit we'll see if other studios again warner brothers can drop whatever they you know if they want to follow that same format they got hbo max now they can do that so we'll see how this plays out in the future but in terms of mulan be, you know in terms of in terms of Disney charging $30 to watch Mulan at home on Disney Plus on a service that you may or may not have already, I'm kind of okay with it. I'm not completely okay with it because I want to watch it in the movie theater, but I'm, you know, if, if that's the way I have to watch Mulan this year, then I guess that's the way I'll do it. Won't be happy about it because I'm watching it at home mainly, but I don't know. That's just me. That's That's just me again i can see the other side of it i'm not you know not seeing the other side i am seeing the other side but i don't know what do you think what it doesn't matter what i think what do you think that's the most important question uh now <laughs> moving on uh the sequel to captain marvel has found its director and it's none other than nia da costa the director of the forthcoming Candyman movie uh the first movie's directors uh and bowden and ryan fleck were not asked to come back to direct but the relationship is still strong with marvel studios they will do something for the future on disney plus so they got that to look forward to that was at least was what was reported back in january when the news broke uh the search for a female director to direct the sequel continued uh or started i should say and of course they finally lasted they finally landed on Nia DaCosta. I should, I'm just all over the place. Uh, Megan McDonald, who wrote the Disney Plus series WandaVision, is writing the script, which will, of course, see the return of Brie Larson's Captain Marvel. But other than that, we don't know what the movie is actually about. I see you rumors over there. I see you, but we will not be talking about you because you're rumors, and sometimes you could be wrong. So just stay in your corner. Uh, Captain Marvel 2 does currently have a release date of July 8th, 2022, but we'll see if that sticks. And as for DaCosta, uh, before she even got the Candyman job, she got a critical acclaim for her indie debut film, The Little Woods, or just Little Woods, not The Little Woods, just called Little Woods, which I heard a lot of people say was very good as well, uh, even people that I know that want to go watch the movie. And the early buzz for Candyman is very, very good, so it's a great move on uh, on all parties uh, that are involved. This is also Marvel's third director who has dabbled in the horror genre, or at least uh, has become a kind of a horror director uh, in some ways. Scott Derrickson and Sam Raimi being the other ones. Of course, we know how uh, they 
did Scott Derrickson dirty, but you know, well, whatever. So it's fine. It's fine. We won't talk about that. Uh, this is all about Nian DaCosta, which is a really good move. You know, the fact that Marvel is branching out and uh, getting, you know, more talented uh, directors, especially directors of color. Uh, Nia DaCosta is also the first female, um, solo female director, uh, especially one of color, to direct a Marvel movie, which is very, very cool. Uh, moving on. Uh, James Wan, yes, that one, the man behind all those great horror movies, along with his Atomic Monsters banner and Spyglass Media Group, are developing a movie based on Knight Rider. That's right, the TV franchise Knight Rider. No directors attached at the moment, but TJ Fixman, a video game writer, is handling the script. The TV series, which ran on NBC from 1982 to 1986, starring David Hasselhoff as Michael Knight, a crime fighter who teams up with his high-tech AI car named Kit, otherwise known as Night Industries 2000, voiced by William Danielson, a.k.a. Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! The series did get a short-lived spin-off and then uh, two equally short-lived sequel series. Uh, I remember that that last one they did it wasn't good it wasn't it wasn't good at all uh we all know that um all we know at the moment is that fixman's feature film remake will maintain the quote anti-establishment tone of the original uh i think this is really cool uh james wan is not directing again he is only developing the movie so he will probably most likely be a producer um i'm liking that james wan is kind of just branching out and just doing all these different movies even as a producer um because I like James Wan. I think James Wan's really, really cool. So uh, I, I love what he does behind the camera. I love what he does as a producer so far. Uh, he just has a has an eye for, for a lot of things. So uh, I'm all for it. Moving on. Uh, during an earnings call, uh, Lionsgate CEO John, uh, I'm going to pronounce his last name wrong, uh, Feltheimer? And that actually could, actually, actually, I think that's what he says. Uh, anyway, uh, John Feltheimer uh, said a new Dirty Dancing movie was in the works and that original star Jennifer Grey will not only be returning to act in the movie, she will also be returning to produce the movie. On top of that, Jonathan Levine, who directed the movie 5050, Warm Bodies the Night Before, and Long Shot, will be directing the movie with Mikey, uh, with Mickey, sorry, with Mickey Daughtry and Tobias um, and Coney's writing the script. Uh, apparently, they were behind the movie Five Feet Apart, uh, which came out a couple years ago with one of the, the Strauss twins, uh, the one when they're in the hospital, stuck in a hospital, and they both, he has like a disease or something. Uh, I didn't watch it, obviously, but I remember seeing the trailers a lot. Uh, the 1987 film co-starred the late Patrick Swayze, co-starred the late Patrick Swayze, and of course Jennifer Grey, who was his dancing student to Grey's dancing instructor. The two eventually fell in love, leading to the iconic moments of Swayze lifting Grey off the ground while I had the time of my life plays in the background. Everyone remembers the scene. Everyone knows it. It's been parodied a bunch. Everyone knows it. Feldheimer did add that the movie will uh, be, ex- quote, exactly the kind of romantic, nostalgic movie that the franchise fans have been waiting for and that have uh, made it the biggest selling library title in the company's history. There have been other Dirty Dancing movies. The first one was uh, in 2004 titled Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. Uh, which starred a young Diego Luna, in case anyone's interested in that. Uh, and then in 2017, there was a made-for-TV remake, uh, which did not get a lot of fanfare whatsoever. Uh, no one from the original movies have come uh, came back for any of those. So this would be the first time in years that Gray or any maybe you know we'll get some other people from the original movie come back as well uh, have been involved in any sort of um, installments since the future. I haven't. Um, I'm not. I, I haven't seen it. I have seen it. Uh, Dirty Dancing. I'm not the... I, I mean, I can see why people like it. I can see why people enjoy it. 
I, you know, obviously the scene that we talked about, Patrick Swayze lifting Jennifer Grey off the, off the ground. Um, but the movie itself, I, I don't remember liking it. So, uh, maybe it just wasn't for me. Uh, but, uh, I don't know, you know, I, I think everyone just remembers I had the time of my life and then the scene and then seeing Patrick Swayze dance. Maybe I think that, I think that's pretty much what it was, but, um, I don't know. To each their own. Everyone has, you know, the thing they love. So there you go. All right, let's move on. Future of John Wick will be a little bit more longer than we thought. During that same earnings call, Lionsgate announced that a fifth John Wick movie, uh, John Wick movie was in the works. But there is something else. The fifth movie will be shot back to back with John Wick 4 once filming begins as soon as early next year. If they can, and that is the hope. That is not official. That's not an official announcement. They're saying that they hope they can shoot John Wick 5 back to back with John Wick 4. Uh, John Wick 4 currently does have a release date of May 27th, 2022, which they pushed back. It was supposed to come out next year. I think it was, was it supposed to come out this year. I can't remember. No, it was supposed to come out next year and they pushed it back to, to it was supposed to film this year and they pushed it back to uh, it was supposed to come out in 2021, and then they pushed it back to 2022. There you go. Uh, although they didn't say when John Wick Chapter 5 would come out, so I'm probably a year afterwards, maybe so, maybe 2023. Again, if they can stick to that May 27th, 22 release. Uh, Keanu Reeves isn't a stranger to filming back-to-back sequels. Uh, he did, in fact, shoot the sequel, the Matrix sequels back-to-back, um, Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolution. Uh, and, of course, speaking of the Matrix, Reeves is currently shooting the fourth matrix movie in germany as they restarted filming after they shut down filming here in the states because of covid uh chad stahovsky is once again returning to direct uh, john wick chapter four and presumably john wick chapter five and we'll stick with the john wick team because chad stahovsky and writer Derek colstead uh will produce and write respectively the long-touted remake of the south korean action thriller the man from nowhere the 2010, uh, the 2010 movie starred Won Bin, I think that's how you pronounce his name, I apologize if I mis- mispronounce his name, as a mysterious and deadly man who chased down the people that have kidnapped his only friend, a little girl, in the apartment building he works at and she lives in. Uh, the original film was kicked around Hollywood since the movie premiered back again in 2010. The mentioned films originally picked up the rights in 2012, uh, and they were going to give it to uh, kind of virtually an unknown, so this, this was probably going to be... His first real big project, uh, Sean Christensen, who went on to write his own movie and star in his own movie. I believe he also directed it called uh, Before I Disappear. Um, so if you want to go check out that. He did recently do another movie called The Vanishing of Sydney Hall, which you go check that out. Uh, but New Line then took over the reins in 2016, and now we are where we are. Uh, Stahowski and Kosted will work on the movie through their 87 Lemon Entertainment production and stunt team banner which means that we at least know that the action in the movie will be awesome, just like the original. Uh, I saw the original The Man From Nowhere. It's been remade, uh, I think, uh, I think India, or, yeah, I think it was India that did a remake of the movie. They called it something else, but uh, I believe they've already done a remake of it, but this is going to be the first American remake. I, I think, you know, I think this is really cool. I really love the South Korean one, um... It, it was one of my favorite movies that I watched when I watched it. I didn't watch it in 2010. I watched it like later when it came out on, on DVD. And I own the DVD somewhere. It's somewhere in my house. I know I own it. But it's very, very good. If you have not watched it, Man From Nowhere. Uh, I know it's streaming somewhere. I can't remember where, where it was streaming. But it's very, very good if you have not watched it. I highly recommend you watch it. And just imagine what the team behind John Wick can do with that once you finally watch the movie. 
Okay, uh, moving on, and uh, actually, yeah, this is our this is our last movie news item of the week. Again, at the time of this recording, I'm recording this a little early, so I can get the podcast out a little earlier than anticipated. I'm still recording this on Friday morning, but I'm hoping that I can get this out before um, Friday night, as I usually that usually ends up happening. So um, this is the final movie news item of the week. Uh, again, if anything big drops, I'll drop it over on on Twitter. Um, so the Disney live action Pinocchio movie is back in the news. It's been rather quiet lately, uh, but that is no longer the case. But we have to, we, we do have to rewind a little bit before we get to the news of the week. Uh, back in 2018, Tom Hanks was in negotiations to star as Geppetto in the live-action Pinocchio movie. And at the time, Pennington director Paul King was directing the movie. Uh, however, the movie has not happened. That version of the movie did not happen for whatever reason. Uh, Paul King left the project and Hank's involvement was up in the air until, yes, this week. Denly reported that Hanks is back in the picture and will be reuniting, potentially, with his Forrest Gump and the Polar Express director, Robert Zemeckis. Now, I said potentially because Hanks's deal is far from done. And according to the report, Hanks himself has reached out to Robert Zemeckis and said he wants to do the movie. So it sounds like if Zemeckis, if Zemeckis agrees to do the movie, then Tom Hanks is going to do the movie. So this is a huge win for everybody if they decide to uh, to finally get on board and do that. Uh, the movie does have a script by Chris Wentz, who co-wrote the live-action Cinderella movie, which I believe was the first live-action. I can't remember if Cinderella or Maleficent were the first live-action movies, but I know, I think it was Cinderella. I want to say it was Cinderella. I got, no, I think it was Maleficent. I can't remember which one it was. But either way, he has had success. Obviously, um, both Maleficent and Cinderella were successful enough that, you know, Disney was like, we're going to keep doing these. Uh, no word yet on what the approach would be like, but uh, Hanks would play, of course, the kindly woodcarver who curates the puppet that comes to life and wants to be a real boy. Hanks is going to continue working on the Baz Luhrmann Elvis Presley biopic this fall and has the sci-fi drama Bios coming out next year, which, ironically, Zemeckis actually produced. Zemeckis, on the other hand, uh, has his hands uh, in, in finishing up the reimagining of The Witches, which he co-wrote and produced with Guillermo del Toro, who del Toro has his own version of Pinocchio that he is working on for Netflix, which is a stop-motion one, and apparently Ewan McGregor is going to play Geppetto in that movie, so or voice Geppetto in that movie, so it's Pinocchio all around. Uh, fun little fact, I found this interesting, uh, Zemeckis and Disney... Uh, don't have the best history apparently uh zemeckis wanted to make who framed roger rabbit and he took it to disney in the early 80s but disney turned him down because they weren't prepared for the live action animation hybrid yet or at least the team at disney at that point was not ready for that he bought it back he bought it back to disney in the late 80s and had steven spielberg and a new team at disney uh help him get it out and of course the movie became a massive hit but Zemeckis still vowed to never work with the studio again, mostly due to the micromanagement and penny-pinching moves done by executive Jeffrey Kranzberg. And this led to the sequel never actually happening because uh, Zemeckis didn't want to go back. And I guess the studio didn't want to do without Zemeckis. And they were like, yeah, we're not going to do it anymore. So if you're wondering why, one of the reasons why we never got a Who Framed Roger Rabbit sequel, it's because of that. Uh, for the most part, it did happen. Zemeckis didn't work for them for a long time until they signed a multi-picture deal with him and his uh, Image Movers digital banner to release a series of movies utilizing then groundbreaking uh, groundbreaking motion capture technology. Of course, 
motion capture technology has come a long way since then as well. Uh, then Mars Needs Moms came out. Uh, if anyone remembers Mars Needs Moms, uh, that came out. Zemeckis didn't direct a movie, but his company was behind it. And it was a massive and costly bomb for Disney. And Disney cut ties, uh, essentially also canceling Zemeckis' uh, mocap remake of Yellow Submarine, which he was working on. And supposedly that was going to be the next movie in line for the two to work together. And of course, again, that was not the case. So I just found that interesting. I always knew there was a reason why we never got a Who Framed Roger Rabbit sequel. Uh, I just didn't realize it was because Zemeckis had beef with one of the executives over at Disney. So I just always found that interesting. But the again, the main point here is that uh, Robert Zemeckis could be essentially directing the live action remake of Pinocchio with Tom Hanks reuniting the two of them together. And that is uh some of the best wholesome news that we can get in the time of COVID. Uh, so that's really cool. But yeah, I think that's it, everybody. That is all the movie news that we have this week uh, for you guys. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the podcast this week. Again, uh, anything, everything you guys need is down below in the description slash show notes area. Trailers. Uh, there are some articles down there that I want don't want you guys to check out. Um, there was an article, or, that, or there was a news item that came out, and I I didn't report on it fully because I want you guys to read it on your own because I want you guys to read it yourself. I will not do it justice. So apparently there was a controversy uh, about the production of Mission Impossible 7 over a bridge that wasn't even actually a controversy because it wasn't going to happen. So apparently um, there was someone who thought he was owed a job on the production of Mission Impossible 7 and director Christopher McQuarrie or producers of the studio were like, you are not qualified for this job. We're not going to give it to you. And apparently he made it his life mission at that point to try to make production uh, miserable because apparently he went around saying that the production was going to blow up a historical uh, protected bridge in Poland that has been up for over a hundred plus years and everyone kind of caught wind of it and Christopher McQuarrie had to write a letter to Empire saying that we weren't going to do that. We are we were going to blow up a bridge, but it was a bridge that Poland was going to blow up anyway to build a new bridge, so we we're just going to help them out. Um so yeah, that it's a it just it, you have to read the, the letter cuz it's it's like someone took time out of their day to be like you didn't give me a job cuz I wasn't qualified. I'm going to ruin your life. I'm going to try to ruin your life. And that it, and it backfired tremendously. So I will link that down below down there. Another thing that I'll link down below is um, something that we talked about on the podcast when it first came out. Um, but I want you guys to read it on your own because it's very legal-ish. And it, it just came out literally before I started recording the podcast. Um, and I didn't have time to like I, – I didn't want to take the time out to read everything and, and try to get it to you guys. But um, we talked about this uh, when it came out uh, about the Paramount Consent Decrees uh, from 1948. And it's basically uh, movie theaters or movie studios owning movie theaters. So and how, you know, the, the decrees kind of stopped them from doing that. Uh, apparently, the decision was overturned this week. It was actually overturned today, Friday, uh, Friday morning. So uh, I'll link a story to that so you guys can go check it out. Uh, I don't think it's really going to affect anything because movies... I don't think movie studios are really, I think back then it was more of a threat and issue as it is today because, you know, a lot of studios have their own streaming service. So I was like, why would you, why would we even bother owning a movie theater? Uh, especially right now. So, uh, I don't know. But if you, if you're interested in that, uh, a little bit of history, old Hollywood history affecting 
history of today, you guys can go check that out. So I'll link that down below for you guys to go check out as well. Along with, of course, the trailers and stuff like that and every other place you guys can find me. WordPress. Uh, I haven't done anything on the WordPress account for a little bit, uh, so I apologize for that. But uh, I'm going to try to figure something out to do over there what else am i doing uh, what else is down there twitter the inst- again the twitter if anything drops after the podcast comes out it's going to go up there and stuff like that so i'm, I'm going to start uh doing some polls up on the twitter page so you guys can go check that out and vote on them and uh it will kind of affect how the podcast will be run a little bit just a little bit um so there's that uh and yeah that's it that's all i got for you guys thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast this week i highly appreciate it uh hopefully you guys are staying safe 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 can't speak now i need water that's where it is i didn't drink any water uh hopefully you guys say stay oh my god i did it again safe um try try it one more time no it's not true just stay safe there you go i gotta say i gotta say it very slowly um so hopefully you guys are doing that wear your masks wash your hands social distance please protect each other uh be nice people be good people don't be a dick uh, of course, again, the message of the podcast, don't be a dick. Uh, and as always, go watch some movies. Woo-hoo! Yeah! Give it up! Movies!